everyone. Welcome to this week's Tap Talks HR podcast. This time I'm d- delighted to have with me Emma Arlo. Hi, Emma. Hi. Thanks for joining us today. Emma is the Talent Development Manager at Just Eat, the online food order and delivery service. Emma, do you want to start by telling us a little bit about Just Eat and your role here? Sure. So um, I've been at Just Eat for just over two years now. Um, and I joined as talent development partner. When I joined, there wasn't actually anybody in my role, so it was very interesting to come into the business and have the opportunity to start from scratch. Um, so in terms of the size of Just Eat, so we're now at just over 3,000 employees um, and we operate in 13 different countries. So I work in a global role um, looking after the population at Just Eat. That's great, and and something I've we've been learning as we've been talking just before coming on live is actually the the, you know, the growth phase that you've been in, and the fact that you joined a couple of years ago, and you were essentially the first one in this role. Um, so, how did you approach that first couple of years that you've been here? What have you done, and what was the situation like when you got here? Yeah, sure. So um, we did have a head of talent development when I first started, um, but she was very much working on the strategic level in terms of what the strategy for talent development looked like, but there wasn't necessarily some of your more, I say traditional, but I'm probably talking more um, recent than your traditional, traditional uh, talent development, but there wasn't really much in terms of how do we keep momentum going with learning and how do we build a true learning culture. Um, So I think for me it was just understanding how both the people and also HR approach learning at Justy, what was was available, what were people asking for, what was the current state of play and then thinking okay so what are some of the things we need to do then to make a shift and start to create a learning culture within the organisation. And I I know um, a lot of your learning here is through online learning and then that was here when you got here. Um, is it, It's LinkedIn, isn't it? LinkedIn learning that you yeah. guys use. Um, so so what kind of things have you done to, to try and uh, maximise your LinkedIn learning? Yeah, so um, LinkedIn learning, so it was lynda.com at the time, migrated over to LinkedIn learning. Uh, we launched in, I think it was March 2017, um, and the one of the girls we had in the team at the time did a great job of doing like a big bang launch of it and like got our account managers in to help promote the tool do some sort of like quick shot training sessions on how to use it um, and we saw some great engagement with it however throughout the rest of that year the engagement with it definitely started to drop off and I think that was because there was a bit of an expectation of you launch it, it's in the business, it's going to be used. Um, but anyone that works in talent development or learning development will know that unfortunately it isn't just about a big bang. So for me it was 2018, it was thinking, what can I do so there's a more focused way of engaging people with LinkedIn learning? So it's thinking, how can we sensibly, with the resources that we've got, create that engagement with it but that consistent engagement and having a sort of a constant flow and a constant way of getting learning out to the business that is relevant um, and people don't just log in and go well there's loads of stuff I don't know where to start we're slowly drip feeding it and then with the idea of they get to the point where 
they see how amazing it is and instead of us having to keep pushing stuff out to them they're actually coming to it themselves so it's, it's the push and pull mm-hmm. of, of, uh, so, so can you give us some specific examples of what you've actually done to to get the, your people motivated to do this online learning yeah so just to sort of add to something in terms of where we were at before I started and I think we spoke about this um, before but it's I think people get a bit scared of sitting at their desk and watching learning. Um, I think sometimes they, they're worried that people are going to be like, oh, if you've not really got much work to do if you're sat watching <laughs> some videos. Um, but actually, that is part of their role. You know, we Our people make this business, so we want to give them the opportunity to grow and develop and feel like they can do um, their job to the best of their ability. So like with that in mind... I obviously knew that trying to get loads of time in people's diaries just wasn't going to work. People wouldn't necessarily commit to it. So a couple of things that I um, introduced. So the first Tuesday of every month we call Talent Tuesday. And this is all communicated out via our intranet. And that's a story from someone in the business. could be anywhere across the world. And it's been using LinkedIn Learning. Um, And they just answer three simple questions around what course have you watched, what did you learn from it, and who would you recommend it for? Um, And it's just a nice way of people seeing how others are developing using the tools that are available to them, instead of it constantly being fed through talent development, and us kind of making some assumptions of of what people enjoy. It's some real-life examples of people that work within the organisation, so that's worked really well. Um, We then also have course of the month, so working with our HR business partners um, and also just key stakeholders across the business is identifying what's going on at the moment and what content can we push out that month that supports what's going on. So for example, we promoted the course creating a culture of change so people can start to understand their mindset during change, others' mindsets during change and how they can sort of deal with that themselves and help others deal with it Um, and then on the third Tuesday of every month uh, we push out to the business hi these are our new starters and these are the people that have been promoted so we then link content to that as well so if you're a new starter here's some content on succeeding in a new job or if you're looking to make your next career move here's a course on career development and just giving them some support on how they can (coughs) make that move and some of the things they can do to help them get promoted in the future Um, and then the final thing is what we call course clubs so it's similar to a book club we choose the topic that we're going to do the session on and we push out that content via LinkedIn Learning everyone watches the course and then there's a set date where it's an hour and a half everyone comes together um, and I just facilitate a session on you know what is it that they've learned what are some of the things that are going to start to do differently as a result but just get the conversation going really between that group as well so they can learn from one another Um, and obviously with working in 13 countries reality how do we make sure again everyone regardless of location gets the same opportunity it's i've worked with the local hr created like a facilitator pack for them to then be able to deliver that 
locally as well and then it's delivered in local language which I think has a much bigger impact as much as I'd like to speak 13 different languages unfortunately I don't so yeah I think that's a great way <laughs> okay I mean that's quite interesting so you're using each Tuesday in the month to do something differently yeah. um, I love the concept of talent Tuesday because essentially it's taking a very modern concept of, of peer review um, we think of everything like uh, TripAdvisor, Booking.com whatever the kind yeah. of review system and actually people now are more interested in not reading about a recommendation by the actual hotel it's actually what other people are saying yeah. so I think peer reviews is a great way of tapping in I think that's a, it's a really great idea um, I also like the fact that you're also linking things in with the business cycle about what's happening yeah. in the business and so these things are actually people can make an association from the learning to actually what they're seeing and hearing around yeah. them so what um, have you seen any results from this? Obviously, it's been some time, not an amazing long no. period of time, but what's happened since? Yeah, well, obviously, with 2018 coming to a close, it was just a great opportunity to reflect back on the year um, and looking at the data from... So when we launched LinkedIn Learn in March 2000... And, <coughs> excuse me, 2017, and then from the same sort of like period of time throughout 2018, um, I actually saw an increase in logins by 38%, uh, which was way higher than I expected it to be. Um, and also our top five ranked courses on LinkedIn Learning were all used in one of those forums. So, you know, it was just great to see that just some small initiatives that we introduced having actually quite a big impact on there. And even if, you know, people don't attend the course following Course Club, they've still gone on and watched the course and they're starting to engage more with the, the platforms that we have available. So, And I think it's really crucial, as you, you mentioned for e-learning, that actually you have to push hard to begin with yeah. because you can't see or hear e-learning in the office because it's hidden within an intranet. Yeah. So they're, they're, unless you seek it, you're not going to find it kind of thing so so that's great and by the way for the listeners here we're recording this in February 2019 so if you're going to the deep archives in the years 2045 and you're finding this podcast um, uh, just to let you know we're talking about last year so um, um, so that's really cool so what building on this now you've been here two years yeah um, year three yeah what are you going to be doing differently this year to build upon the success you've had yeah I think so some of the things I started to do in 2018 was pulling on internal SMEs much more. Um, so from a learning point of view, I've been in learning and development for over 10 years now. Um, I know I don't look old enough. Um, <laughs> I was going to say a word. <laughs> so, oh, I've got my train of thought now. So you're pulling on SMEs. Yeah, so I think, you know, I would like to think that I am an SME when it comes to thinking about learning styles, how to embed learning, how to create great learning. But I'm, I'm not an expert in technology. I'm not an expert in sales. So it's how do I leverage more SMEs um, and bring groups of those people together to create some just specific content. So it is relevant, it's just in time. We've got local experts that can not only support creating it, but can also support delivering content. Um, so for example, even with the course clubs, it's thinking how do I get champions locally that can start to build on this as well. So it's not just that expectation of learning always comes from talent development. So 
like you say, people do sometimes respect it a little bit more when it's coming from a peer. So how can I use my expertise as well as others' expertise to just continue to create some great learning um, and embed it? Because again, if you've got SMEs within teams that can deliver this, it's not just a tick box exercise cool we've delivered some training we're now going to see some change in behavior it's a cool we've done our 10 percent foundation learning but we are going to have this more now in coaching conversations in team meetings we're going to introduce more shadowing and that embedding of learning happens much more on the job and within the teams yeah, and that's quite interesting <laughs> because actually talking about subject subject matter experts and everything the reason we started these tap talks hr podcasts was because the thing I saw most in the forums that we do is people love hearing from other practitioners in the field more than they do consultants because consultants always try and sell you something. But actually, we get feedback that when we do a podcast that's with someone who's actually got their feet on the ground doing stuff, they're much more interested on the successes and the non-successes of what's gone on in people's world because yeah. it's really hard to find the time to do that. So you're the subject matter expert here with the listeners doing yeah. that, so that's quite interesting. Yeah. So thinking about the, one of the biggest hurdles we have in learning, think about managers. Mm-hmm. Where do the managers fit into this? Because you made that great comment earlier about like you feel fearful about doing e-learning because yeah. just in case someone comes past and tells you you've got nothing to do, how do you help get the managers to help you with this? Yeah, I think it's, it's first of all, enabling them to be able to have great career development conversations with their direct reports fully understanding what career development means and then finding that balance of yes where does it fall down to that individual to own their career development and also what is their role as a manager and even for me it's things around reminding them that they are also here to learn so it's okay to take time out of doing the doing to do some learning um, and then having those regular conversations around you know you know what have you learned recently what are some of the things that you've been doing to support you in your career development what else can I be doing to support you in your career development and just like I say unlocking that opportunity for them to be able to have those great conversations and then as much as they need to follow up with their individuals to understand what have they been learning for me to then follow up with the managers along with our HR business partners to just keep reminding them the importance of it and offering support so they can continue to do that successfully. It's, it's really interesting isn't it because it's almost like you're spending a lot of your time marketing. Yeah. So, so how much of your time if you think about it how much of your time is marketing the learning function and how much of your time is actually delivering for you at the moment? Yeah so I think at the moment it's probably probably about 75% marketing um, and 25% actually delivering and, and that's probably due to the size of the team so currently um, there's just myself in talent development we have got an open role for one other um, so we can't physically do everything ourselves so you know the marketing element I always see myself as a bit of a salesperson in some sense um, because you know I, I have to make sure that people understand what is available but make it specific enough that they engage with it like I say we, we launched it and great we had some engagement but there's so much out there that people do become overwhelmed. So, for example, one of the things that's coming in um, this year, so we'll have a talent development page 
that comes up on our intranet. So if anyone wants anything to do with learning, they've got like their one-stop shop where they can go. That might mean they ask for a training request and I end up delivering some learning, or it might just be that they go onto LinkedIn Learning and find something specific for themselves. But I think it's quite difficult I'm still at a stage where I need to kind of just condense things a little bit so it's much easier for people to find what they want when they want it because if we think about user experience in anything we use online it needs to be quick and simple if we're three clicks in and we're not really anywhere near where we want to be we're probably not going to engage with it so how do I make sure that we market it in that way and then sell it in that way that people do engage with it and they understand what's available so, so it's, it's almost like individualising <laughs> as much as you can yeah. and simplifying mm-hmm. the experience for people. Yeah. So I suppose that brings me on to probably my last couple of questions. And, and I was going to say last question, but there's two. Um, where do you see the trends for learning and development going in the future? Um, obviously, technology is probably going to be in there, but yeah. where do you see us going in the world of learning and development in business? Yeah, I think like it will always remain crucial that it has to link to what's going on in the day-to-day um, or someone's career aspirations, because otherwise they probably are going to look at it and think, why are you making me do this? It doesn't make any sense. So there has to be that constant link to that individual. And then some smarter ways of making online learning more individual. So if I think about, you know, if I've searched for a specific pair of trainers and then I might be on a completely random website that's nothing to do with that trainers, all of a sudden I get like a a feed on the sort of like side of the screen to say, hey, don't forget about these trainers that you've looked at. And that, you know, that real smart AI behind it all and the machine learning where I can see that link of, oh yeah, this is actually something that I have been thinking about or I have been researching. I'm going to go in and watch that learning. So maybe some smarter technology that enables it to become much more personalised, individual uh, and at the right time as well. Yeah, I think so many different parts of HR probably need to talk to their marketing department because actually what we see we do outside we're going to need to start doing inside yeah. aren't we kind of thing which so last question i promised okay. the last question um <coughs> what's the one thing you'd like our listeners hr professionals to probably take away from what you've learned in the last couple of years um what you've been doing yeah i think definitely one of the biggest learnings for me was you don't always have to go big and you don't always have to have masses of budget or masses of resources like it's been clear to me since I started here the talent development function will never be massive so and I think when I speak to other people outside the organization it's quite a common theme that learning and development teams talent development teams are quite lean so it's just thinking much smarter about how do you use what you've already got and what are some small simple changes that you can make that will have the big impact so for example taking it back to what i said earlier we did a massive launch we got people involved externally to come and promote this new amazing platform that we had available and we got short-term return on it whereas doing these small drip weekly drip feeds on a tuesday it's all of a sudden starts to become an awareness thing that on a tuesday I might take some time out to do some learning because there's going to be something being pushed my way. And, you know, like I said, a 38% increase just from those small initiatives was way bigger than I expected it to be. So 
smaller things are potentially going to have much bigger return than trying to go all in, go big, um, and not necessarily get the, the results that you're looking for. And that's great. And for me, I love the concept of Talent Tuesday, that yeah. peer review bit. And I love the fact you linked <laughs> the comms and the new starters um, with some learning. So it's using stuff that's there and, and making learning part of every conversation. So yeah. so I've got loads from this conversation, Emma, and I know we spoke for quite a long time before we even got the microphone out. So thanks for your time this morning. I really do appreciate it. No problem. And thanks everyone for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast just like we have. Please do leave us a review or Tell us your thoughts on your podcast provider or direct with us at tapsolutions.com where you can find out more about our forums and blogs and other podcasts. Thank you very much and goodbye.